you've investigated some older patients with non-small cell lung cancer. What were you trying to discover, or what was the reason for doing this investigation? Well, actually, uh, the study that uh, the post was published about, um, that was a study on dose escalation. But uh, first we want to look at the elderly specifically, because what we uh, find when we look uh, retrospectively at the results of our patients, that um, yeah, when we see uh, the normal, the standard treatment for patients with stage 3 uh, lung cancer is a treatment where they get chemotherapy combined with radiation therapy, and that we do it concurrently, so at the same time. But we see much toxicity with that treatment. Also in, in younger people, they get uh, esophagitis, and it can be so uh, bad that they really uh, aren't able to swallow anymore and that you need a gastric tube for that. And uh, from a retrospective result, we saw that when you do that uh, without selection in elderly patients, uh, that the survival is not better with this treatment and that they get more toxicity. So... In this study, actually, we looked at the newest uh, population results um, in the dose escalation trial, how the results were in this patient group older than 75. Could you describe to me what you did in the study then? Yes, so in uh, this study... Um, it was we already published on dose escalation um, and the, the isotoxic dose escalation concept, but that was with a uh, more uh, uh, technique that's yeah, uh, considered like older now. That was a 3D conformal technique, and now we treat those patients with intensity modulated radiotherapy. So from this time period, and that's our most recent patients, uh, we investigated uh, the results in the elderly. Uh, so there uh, we just looked at how they, those patients were treated and they could be treated either with concurrent or uh, a, a chemoradiation therapy or sequential, then you give chemotherapy and afterwards radiation therapy or radiotherapy alone. And you had a cohort of uh, around 300 patients. Yes. What did you do with them and where was the decision about whether they had concurrent, sequential or pure radiotherapy? Yes, in this study that was just a normal routine clinical practice. So in that case, um, you as a doctor decide together with the patient, you uh, want to have an impression of what you think that this patient will benefit most from. So actually what you do as a clinician, you mostly base your decision um, on age and also on, on the performance status, so how, how fit is the patient. But we also know already that those factors are not really predictive in those elderly, that we aren't, as doctors, so good as able to, to assess a fitness of an elderly patient. Mm -hmm. Right. Nevertheless, uh, there was a feeling that concurrent radio chemoradiotherapy could well be the optimal therapy, and a lot of evidence that this might extend life. Uh, what happened in your group of patients who were older? Well, what we saw that um, uh, the, the group of patients that was treated with concurrent chemoradiation in the elderly, um, we saw that 96% of them was in, were in a real good performance status. So that, that gives an indication that when we select patients on basis of our feeling what, uh, what, what, which patients would benefit from this intensive treatment, that we really select al already the very fit patients on basis of performance score. And even when we do so, in this, uh, in this study, we showed that the overall survival was worse uh, when we compare the whole group uh, to the younger population. And when we then look at the subgroups of patients that were treated with concurrent or sequential or radiotherapy alone, 
then only the group that was treated concurrently had a worse overall survival than the younger population. So it seems that being fit and old is still not good as being fit and young. Well, no, actually it's, it's a bit like that, but it's not, not entirely true, because I think the most important message is that we as doctors, when we don't have other tools to assess, that we are just not able to assess the fitness on basis of just seeing a patient and asking some questions. And so we think we need more uh, tools uh, like geriatric assessment where you also take into account all comorbidities and, and what a patient can do in daily life and that's really an, an extensive assessment uh, that takes about an hour uh, where you take all those things into account and we know that in oncology that can predict better which patient would benefit from intensive treatments. Right, now what kinds of factors could you look for to give you clues about whether indeed you could go for concurrent chemo radiotherapy in an older patient or not or would you say on the basis of this study that it's completely out the main message from this study is that uh, outside of trials so without selection uh, you shouldn't offer patients concurrent chemo radiotherapy and um, yeah what we think you should do is that uh, that, that a geriatric assessment, so to also take the geriatrician into the treatment decision, uh, and that um, that you you incorporate the geriatric assessment, and then on basis of that, you can better select a patient, and then individually you can much better uh, decide which treatment the individual patient will benefit most from. Because what you found is at variance with what has been found in other forms of cancer where older patients are being denied curative therapies. In fact, the aim of giving this concurrent therapy was to get a really effective therapy, maybe not curative, uh, to the older person. And you're saying in the case of non-small cell lung cancer, this is not a very viable idea. No, not when you select the patients just on basis of your gut feeling. So it might be in a selected group of those elderly, but you indeed could also do more harm with this treatment when you don't take into account other factors. Without appropriately selecting, yeah, you could do with an intensive treatment more harm than good. And when, you, yeah, when the survival is not better or might even be worse and you give more toxicity with the treatment, yeah, you really have to be careful for that. Now, I know that your group is urging uh, improved approaches to older patients and investigating how better to treat older patients. But as this hasn't been done yet, what's your best guidance for now in in the case of stage 3 non-small cell lung cancer in a patient over 75, for instance? Well, (laughs) that's a good question. Uh, So as long as we don't have the results yet, um, and you don't have in your clinical practice a study running on this subject... um, then uh, really, yeah, you shouldn't consider a concurrent chemoradiation as a standard treatment for those elderly patient group because there are more studies than only this one. We also published uh, on that, and there's also a meta-analysis published one year ago uh, that really shows that those elderly patients uh, yeah, could, uh, could, be, could get more harm from this concurrent treatment uh, uh, than with another treatment. So... Without, when there's no clinical trial, you really should consider alternative treatments like radiotherapy alone or sequential therapy. What about sequential therapy then? In this study, it, it didn't show uh, that, that the survival was worse when we compare it to the normal population. So it could be an option. But uh, what we also know uh, is that there are many older patients that really themselves don't want chemotherapy. So I think you really need to get into discussion with the patient 
also. So what does he want? What is important for him? We know that for elderly patients, it's not like in the young patients that overall survival benefit is always there what they want to go for, but also quality of life is very important. Mm. So, yeah, just take into account all the, the study results that there are, but just also see the patient before you and have a good uh, conversation with him. So how, how would you summarise then uh, what you found here and what the clinical new ideas are that are coming out of it? Uh, what we found is that indeed it is uh, again uh, uh, confirming what we found in other studies is that uh, when we select patients just on basis of the feeling of the physician and so on performance status and on age uh, that when you select patients on basis of that um, we see that with the intensive treatment like concurrent chemoradiotherapy uh, we do more harm than good in those uh, stage 3 patients that are older than 75 so in this group you shouldn't consider that a standard treatment, but really make an individual decision, have a good conversation with your patient and consider alternative treatments. And that also includes uh, radical radiotherapy alone. And if you were to give the take-home message in just one sentence or a few words, what would that be? In the elderly patient, uh, there's no one treatment to go, but we really need a geriatric assessment, uh, and then we can individualise uh, the treatment in this older group. This concept, though, of isotoxic dose changes or escalating the dose without changing the overall toxicity, what do you make of that? Uh, what, uh, what is meant by isotoxic dose escalation is actually... Um, in lung cancer, it was already shown that when you escalate dose just by adding fractions at the end of treatment, so increasing the dose, um, you can't really get a better, uh, better treatment results. Uh, the concept of isotoxic radiation um, dose escalation is that um, you not only escalate the dose, but you do it in a shorter overall treatment time. And um, also that we uh, do it on really uh, very small volumes, so only the involved regions. That was quite new at the time that the, the trial started. Uh, and what we do then, we individually escalate the dose until a tissue constraint is reached for one of the normal tissues. We know from all normal tissues what dose is safe to give. So when, uh, when an organ, uh, yeah, the, the dose was reached for a certain organ, then that was the maximum dose for that patient. So it could differ per patient what the maximum dose would be. Would you say, though, that it's a good concept for many patients, but in this instance with your study of older patients, maybe not for them? Well, what, what we showed now, and we only looked at uh, the results with this technique, the IMRT technique, in, the elderly, pa in elderly patients, what we saw that actually uh, dose escalation was not possible. So um, we already uh, changed with respect to that, and we now uh, give a standard dose and don't uh, dose escalate anymore. Elderly patients with non-small cell lung cancer didn't do nearly as well as expected. Now, this is a group of patients, uh, uh, candidates either for concurrent chemoradiotherapy, sequential chemoradiotherapy, or just radiotherapy. And the age at 75 seemed to make quite a big difference. The idea that you can use concurrent therapy as, a, as the best, the most uh, extend, life-extending therapy didn't seem to work in these older patients. No. 
Well, the problem is that indeed the evidence that we have in lung cancer is typically restricted to randomized controlled trials that limit the age of the patient. And therefore, we look at fit patients, younger patients, and in these patients, we have proven that indeed concurrent chemoradiotherapy is superior. Unfortunately, in daily practice, a lot of our patients are elderly, are in less optimal condition, and so we are very often, well, struggling with the fact, is the evidence that we have from randomized trials valid for the patients that we have in our daily clinic. Therefore, I think what I make of this uh, study is that uh, we do not only need randomized trials, but we also need a very close follow-up of our patients and go to a big data set of patients that have been treated in daily practice, so phase four type of studies, where we can evaluate from the daily clinical practice that we have and try to learn from that, because we do know that it's very difficult to randomize these elderly patients in, in studies, but we also know that while we don't have any evidence of it in daily practice, we are facing the problem of really allocating the optimal treatment to the right patient. And this is, at the end, what we want to do. But it is difficult, isn't it? So uh, uh, can you give, uh, in just a one sentence or, or two, what clinicians could do to try and get more appropriate therapy for older patients or are are there any simple rules that can be followed? Well there are simple rules. One of the things is trying to get a better prognosis and we've already uh, discussed the hand grip method which is a very simple means of trying to get a good prognostic uh, estimate of the patient but it is extremely important that we as radiation oncologists provide data on the follow-up of our patients that we can learn from this, that we use all the data that we have of daily life and that we incorporate this in our understanding of how patients are faring after radiotherapy and that we learn from that next to the data that we have from randomized trials but we have to be aware that randomized trials is just a subset a better subset of the population and this is not always a good representation of daily life so we really as radiation oncology professionals but oncologists and clinicians uh, in the broader perspective really have to focus on also collecting data of our daily life patients and learn from that as well.